This is mutual. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself comfortable. It was after midnight. And once again, Angela felt that terrible presence creeping into her room, one that she'd not felt in some years. The presence of her deceased childhood friend, her face horribly distorted and misshapen, her voice softly calling her name. As dread mounted and the shadow grew across her bed, Angela knew that Laurie had come to call on her yet again, to collect a terrible debt. You're listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight we present a cautionary tale for any who might consider bullying to be an appealing sport. From the pen of John Ballantyne rises a haunting audio tone we call The Ghost of Laurie Keegan. In my experience with paranormal phenomenon, a ghost is not the same person it was when it was alive. Sometimes it's just a fragment, an echo, a dim reflection of the individual it represents that once walked the earth. Harmless, really, and a little curious. Perhaps even unaware of its own fate. But sometimes a ghost can be a dark, twisted thing. A funhouse mirror version of itself, of who it once was. A vengeful spirit whose lust for comeuppance can never be satisfied. My childhood friend, Lori Keegan, is just such a ghost. Lori and I were from a typical small town, Briarcliff. We met in fifth grade. I was new in school, didn't know many kids, didn't know the social pecking order and all that ridiculous nonsense that separates children into different cliques. Lori was the first friendly face that I saw. Hi. I used to have a new kid's lunchbox just like yours. Yeah? What happened to it? One of these stupid boys kicked it. Messed it up. I saw you in science class. Your name's Angela, right? Yeah. I'm Lori. Hey, you want to see a cool place to hang out? Sure. It's secret, though. You can't tell anybody. Sounds like fun. At recess, Lori led me into the woods behind the school. There we would play under the big rocks, the towering, ageless oaks. It was a secluded spot removed from the other kids. 
I didn't realize why she took me there at the time. Didn't understand that Lori was an outcast, bullied and picked on. Back then, there was no such thing as cyberbullies cowardly pecking away on a keyboard in the shadows. You had to do it face to face. That took a special brand of asshole. I'm not even certain why the other kids were so mean to her. Sure, Laurie was a little nerdy, bookish, different. She wore thick glasses and all. But she didn't deserve to be treated that way. No one did. Wow, pretty neat back here. It's my secret place. Nobody knows about it but you and me. Are you sure it's okay? Nobody cares. Here, try this. Mmm, that's really good. My mom makes awesome cookies. Better than store-bought, even. Does your mom bake, too? <laughs> My parents are still stuck in the 60s. They bake hippie stuff. They say it's just for adults. That's weird. Yeah, well, they are kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you said we're the only ones that know about this place, right? Uh-huh. Well, who are they? Oh. <laughs> Rebecca Bloom and her minions were typical mean girls, or as I referred to them much later in therapy, child sadists. Her dad was on the school board, so naturally Rebecca was queen bitch on the playground. Who's your new friend, Four Eyes? Her name's Angela. I was just showing her my special place. <laughs> <laughs> You're a freak, Lori. <laughs> Don't you know creepy old homeless guys live out here? It's dangerous. You said to stay away from the monkey bars and swings. I don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, well, maybe I'll let you stay in your special place. If you do me a favor. Like what? Like... <gasps> Eat one of those mushrooms. What if it's poison? Come on, Lori, don't be a wuss. <laughs> it's not gonna hurt you, Four Eyes. Yeah, Four Eyes. We had mushrooms with dinner last night. You sure? I mean, I don't <sighs> think it's such a good idea. I'll tell you what. You eat this mushroom, and I'll let you and your little <laughs> geek friend have this place all to yourself the whole semester. Well, okay. No, Lori, you can't eat that. Shut up. No one's talking to you. Better get out of my face. <laughs> or what? What's the new girl gonna do? I'll show you where to put that mushroom, you little bitch. Ooh. My parents were flower power pacifists. Me? Not so much. Rebecca, you gonna let her talk to you like that? Ugh. Shut up, Mitzi. You're lucky that I have a dance recital today and I don't want to mess up my clothes. Come on, let's go. I guess we'll see you later when your bodyguard's not around, Lori. She is so good. Did she eat her snot? Thanks. Are you okay? Yeah, it's just my asthma. Hey. You want to come over after school? As it turns out, Lori only lived a couple of blocks down the street from me. We would walk to her place after school and hang out watching cartoons, drawing unicorns and rainbows, 
or our favorite boy band. Lori's mom would come home from work and start baking. I guess it was her therapy. Lori's father didn't seem to be in the picture. Aww. <laughs> Look at him, he'll eat anything. He's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> he likes you. <laughs> I think you're his best friend now. Careful with the frosting, girls. It'll stick to your fingers and get everywhere. Yes, ma'am. Good gravy, Lori. You're a little cookie monster. Leave some for your classmates tomorrow. I can't help it, Mom. They're so good. Why don't you go wash up? Oh, and put Gizmo back in his cage. I don't want you feeding your hamster under the table again. Angela, you are welcome to stay for dinner. Thanks, Mrs. Keegan. I've got homework tonight, though. I'd better be getting back. Okay. Well, maybe tomorrow night, huh? <laughs> Lori, go wash your hands. Okay, Mom. Be right back. So, Angela, how are things in school? Okay, I guess. Takes a while to get to know everybody in a new town. Your family moves around a lot? Yes, ma'am. My dad works for the Forestry Commission. We've been all over the state. One year I went to three different schools. Oh, my word. I bet that was quite an adjustment. Yes, ma'am. I don't think Lori is ever going to get settled in here. It's been tough for her. We moved about two years ago. Of course, Lori's different. What do you mean? She's just very sensitive. Doesn't have a thick skin. I know the kids at school give her a hard time, but... Anyway, thanks for being her friend, Angela. You mean a lot to her. Busted, Mom! You're a cookie monster, too! Not just me! <laughs> well, the chef has to sample her cuisine, right? <laughs> okay, Miss Angela, you better run home. Looks like storm clouds out there. Thanks for the treats, Mrs. Keegan. You're welcome, dear. You sure you gotta go? Yeah. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow at school, okay? Okay. that you? It's me. Lori? You nearly made me wet myself. What are you doing here? Can I sleep with you? Lori, why aren't you at home? Mom doesn't let me sleep with her anymore. <sighs> yeah, come on. That was the first time Lori visited my bedroom. Only that night, she was just a frightened little girl. One Mississippi. Not something else. Two Mississippi. Three Mississippi. Four Mississippi. What are you doing? Trying to figure out how far off the lightning is. My parents didn't bother locking doors back then. I think they must have met at a commune or something, so they still had an open-door policy. The power is out. You think they'll cancel school? Nah, I'm sure it'll be back on tomorrow. Hey, 
Angela, do you believe in ghosts? Maybe. I think my aunt came to visit me, like right after her funeral. Really? Was it creepy? At first? Yeah. But she was friendly. Like Casper. <laughs> no, silly. Not like Casper. Just like a normal person. Smiling. I think she wanted me to know that she was okay. Like she was in a cool place. Like Disneyland? I don't know. Maybe you got ESP. My mom says some people are open to see things. Spirits. You know? Like that? Maybe. But we need to get some sleep. One more thing. What is it? What do you think about Paul Lockhart? The boy who sits next to me in science. Yeah. Don't you think he looks like Jordan Knight? <laughs> New kids Jordan Knight? Yeah, right. He looks nothing like... Wait. You like him, don't you? Maybe. <laughs> He's sort of cute. I guess. Kinda. Maybe. I'll talk to him if you want me to. Don't you dare! <laughs> Good night, Laurie. Good night. Have you seen Poltergeist? I wish I could say things changed for Lori, but it only got worse. That day, we had some kind of class party and we each supplied refreshments. Lori brought a big plate of pink frosted cookies that her mom had baked the night before. She served them to the other kids, but they wouldn't eat them. These are disgusting. Did you make them out of cow patties? They're good, I swear. I wouldn't feed those to my dog. Mom made them. She did a really nice job. I don't feel like puking today. Get lost, four eyes. Rebecca, please be polite or I'll have you write five pages on the subject. Here you go. Thanks, Lori. If they don't eat them... That's just more for us. <laughs> right. Her mom's cookies were delicious. Rebecca and her gang were just malicious little jerks. Psst. Psst. Hey. It's pretty cool you stick up for her. Nobody else does. Yeah? Yeah. Everybody thought she was slow or something. But I guess she's pretty normal, huh? Only problem is, you keep hanging out with Lori... You're not going to be real popular here. I'm not sure if Paul Lockhart felt sorry for Lori or me. I was pretty self-righteous back then. High ideal. Maybe I shouldn't still resent Lori's tormentors as much as I do. They were kids at the time, and I'm sure most of them had no clue just how much their words stung Lori. If only their cruelty had been restrained to just words... All right, class, let's get started. Who wants to be up first for show and tell? Volunteers? I'll go. You suck ass, Lori. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. 
What do we have here today? This is Gizmo, and he's a golden hamster. He's almost one year old, and as you can see, he likes to eat a lot. Mostly apple slices, cucumbers. Wow! Can we see him? Uh, we better keep Gizmo in his case. That's probably a good idea. He's kind of an escape artist. One time, he got loose and went swimming in the bathtub with my mom. <laughs> I bet she wasn't real happy about that. Neither was Gizmo. <laughs> How big does he get, Lori? Not much bigger. He'll always fit in the palm of your hand. <sighs> I began to hope Lori might be embraced by the other kids. Accepted. Seemed like it could have been a turning point. But it was not to be. Holy balls! What's going on? Take your seats. Kids, take... Oh my god. Oh no, it's eating him. Swallowed him. Look at that. What happened? Is Gizmo okay? Lori, let's not look at this. Come with me. Someone in this class is in deep trouble. There was a snake in the terrarium at the back of the classroom. A decent-sized king snake, as I recall. One of the boys had caught it a week or two before and kept it there. While Mrs. Flowers was occupied, Rebecca had pulled Gizmo from his container and dropped him into the terrarium. And of course, that snake did what snakes do. Hey. Oh. Hey, Angela. Are, are you okay? Where's your inhaler? On the dresser. Here. Thanks. How bad is it? Your asthma. As long as I have my inhaler, I'm okay. Guess what? Rebecca got suspended. She'll be gone the rest of the week. I heard. You want me to beat her ass? No. If you get suspended, I won't have any friends. Everyone in school hates me. That's not true. Angela, why did I have to be so cruel? Gizmo never hurt anyone. I don't know, Lori. I know it's wrong, but sometimes I wish I could make Rebecca pay for what she did. Make her feel the pain that she caused. Karma? What's karma? Something my folks always say. Whatever good you do in the world comes back to you. But the same for bad. Hmm. How do you make karma? <laughs> you don't make it. It just happens. You think there's a place for hamsters after they die? If there's a place for us, then there's gotta be a place for hamsters, right? I guess so. Hey, 
Angela. Hi. You got a second? What's up? Listen, that whole thing that happened with the snake, I just, I just wanted you to know, I didn't have any part in that. If I had seen it happening, I would have warned you. Are you sure? Because it seems like you're just as scared of Rebecca as everyone else is. I'm not scared of a bunch of girls. Whatever. I gotta go meet Lori. You know it's dangerous back there. That spot where you guys hang out? You know, back in the woods? <laughs> it's not dangerous. Bums and burnouts hang out back there. I haven't seen any. Well, you wouldn't. They watch from the trees. Oh, you're so full of it. Hey, I'm just saying. It might not be so safe. You know, Lori thinks you're a cute guy. I'm not sure why, but she does. Why don't you try being nice to her for a change? It wouldn't cost you anything. Okay. I'll be nice to Lori. But first, you have to do something for me. What? Come on. I want to show you something. You see? All those old houses across the street? So? There's more back in the woods falling apart. All the homeless guys live back there. My dad calls it Dope Town. They don't work. They don't have any food. So they're like cannibals or something. Sometimes, if they're real hungry, they eat kids. <laughs> That's stupid. It's true. Maybe they're just poor. You ever think of that? There's an old dude by the name of Mad Mike. You know, he's killed people for giving a nasty look. He lives back there. If he's killed people, why isn't he in prison? I don't know. I'm just telling you what I heard. Your folks just moved here. They probably don't even know this stuff. Well, thanks for the warning. Are you going to be nice to Lori now? Yeah. Is that all you wanted? You better not try and kiss me. Get over yourself. Oh, crap! I forgot about Lori! Better get to class. Lori wasn't in class for the remainder of the day. Of course, it wasn't unusual for her to fake an illness and go home early. After school, though, it became painfully clear that something was terribly wrong. Lori had vanished. Lori! Back then, Lori! Amber Alerts weren't a thing, Lori! but even so, a frantic Lori! search was organized. Lori! Lori! It was nearly nightfall when we found her. Here! Over here! I showed Mrs. Keegan, along with a group of concerned parents and teachers, the spot in the woods where Lori and I used to spend recess. Here. <gasps> oh my god. The spot I was supposed to meet her that day. Her special place. Lori. Somebody quick, call an ambulance. We need paramedics. <gasps> quick, hurry. <laughs> oh god, who did this? Who did this to you? <laughs> My angel. My little angel. Lori had been tied to a tree. Oh my god, Lori. Her face was pale. <gasps> so pale. Her lips blue. I knew immediately that she was already gone. Her inhaler lay at her feet. 
Laurie had suffered an asthma attack, but couldn't raise it to her mouth. Her wrists tied to her sides. She had asphyxiated. <gasps> unable to lift her inhaler just a few more inches. <laughs> oh my god. The next days were a blur of grief and regret. If I had just met her that day in the woods like we planned, maybe none of this would have... <sighs> I had my suspicions who was responsible, but nobody fessed up. No one would admit to tying Lori to that tree. Some in town even suspected a homeless person living in the woods might be responsible. Someone like Mad Mike. But charges were never brought. There would be no justice for Lori. No karma. She'd never have a chance to grow up. A few weeks after her funeral, though, I would see Lori again. I didn't see her at first there in the darkness, but as my vision focused, a silhouette began to take shape framed by the open doorway. It's me. Can you see me? A raw, earthy odor hung in the air, like freshly turned soil. I'm scared, Angela. I'm really, really scared. Please, don't. Can I sleep with you? Please, no. Please. I'll leave in the morning, honest. She slid under the covers and curled up right next to me. Her icy breath stung my neck. Can I tell you a secret? It's not like they say it is after you die. Please, no. It's nothing like that. I don't want to know. It's okay, Angela. I don't blame you. It's not your fault. But I need your help. I need you to help me make karma. Tonight on Channel 8 News, local residents recall the tragic death of young Lori Keegan and the subsequent abduction of several of her classmates. A sad event that rocked the Briarcliff community 30 years ago. Roberta Sanchez reports and digs into this true crime mystery that has baffled investigators for decades. Dora, would you cut that TV down, also, please? protesters spent a second Got day it. at the state capitol over a recent court. Thanks. Confection Connection, this is Angela speaking. Uh, hi there. Angela? Yes, how can I help? Angela, this is Paul Lockhart. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, we were classmates back in grade school. Wow, that's quite a flashback. Paul Lockhart. I don't think I've seen you since, what, fifth grade? How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm well. Living the dream, as they say. 
Uh, I happened to be back in town for a short stay, and I was uh, trying to reconnect with some of my friends here. Beth Hannigan told me about your bake shop there in town, so I figured I'd give you a buzz. Cool. Well, it's great to hear from you. Yeah, I moved back here and opened a little business a couple of years ago. You know, it hasn't changed much, but I guess that's true of most small towns. Well, you got that right. Listen, I don't know what your schedule is, but I'd love to have a chat and catch up. Oh, sure. Well, let's see. Uh, tonight isn't good, but maybe tomorrow after six? Absolutely. That's great. I'll give you a buzz tomorrow, and we'll, um, we'll take it from there? Awesome. I look forward to it. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Huh. Paul Lockhart. It had taken endless therapy to rebound from what happened, to find peace. My youth, as well as much of my adulthood, had been troubled. I'd been through one failed relationship after another. Broken marriage, no children, and now 40-something. It's not easy being intimate with someone when you're haunted by a ghost. When every time thunder rumbles, you fear that unwelcome visitor the night may bring. So I traveled and tried to run away. Lori. She always found me, though. Hi there. Oh my god! I've never recognized you in a million years! (laughs) Well, a little less hair on top. Age is a bitch, ain't she? You look great. (gasps) You don't have to lie, but thanks. I appreciate you meeting me out here by the old school. I'm shocked they haven't bulldozed it. It's actually scheduled for demolition, from what I hear. You want to step inside? Have a peek for old time's sake? Uh, yeah. Why not? I'm not sure what drew me back to Briarcliff all these years later. Memories? Unfinished business? Even after the progress I've made, I still seem to be grasping for some form of closure. Looks like they've really done a number on this place, huh? I think local kids treated like a spook house or something. (laughs) Everything that's happened here? Sometimes I wonder if it's not cursed myself. Yeah. Bad mojo. (laughs) So, uh, confession time. I had such a crush on you back in fifth grade. (laughs) No, really? Yeah, I'm a sucker for freckles, I guess. (laughs) But, with that said, I don't want you to think that I've invited you here under false pretenses. I'm I'm a writer for a news magazine these days. I'm working on a documentary about the Briarcliff tragedy. Sort of a true crime thing? Well, sort of. Anyway, if things go well, we may option it out to a streaming service like Netflix or Amazon. Not to get ahead of myself here, but uh, it could be a pretty big deal. Nice. And since you were here back then, I guess it kind of gives you a unique perspective. Right. Now, understand, we want to treat this with as much respect as possible. I'd love to interview you at some point. I mean, you were friends with Lori Keegan. Yeah. Her only friend. The missing girls. All that began three weeks after Lori died. One by one, they vanished without a trace. Not a shred of evidence. No suspects. And some theories suggest there's a common thread. You think it's tied to Lori? Maybe. Either way, it'll make a great story. 
What if I told you I know what happened? Uh, you're joking, right? Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> ghosts? What does that have to do with the case? I want to show you something. Is this it? This is where they found her? That's right. Tied to that tree. Jesus. It's a hell of a joke, isn't it? What's that? The universe. It's perverse way of dispensing payback. Those girls tormented her every day, and the rest of us just watched. You were the only one who even gave Lori the time of day. It's a tragedy. Of course, in my business, tragedy sells. That's all this is to you. A payday. Hey, look, we all gotta make a living, right? You sell cakes glazed with frosting and sprinkles. I tell stories. True crime stories. Sometimes with a cherry on top. Like that ghost angle you were telling me about. You, uh, you want to elaborate? You don't feel any guilt over what happened? Guilt? Oh, well, sure. I, I do. I mean, after all, I'm at least somewhat to blame for what happened to Lori. Really? How so? Well, it was a long time ago, but I'll never forget that day. Rebecca and Mitzi tied Lori up, left her out here. It wasn't a vagrant or some shit like that. No, it was those two. I'm sure they didn't expect her to die, but unfortunately that doesn't change things, does it? And oddly enough, both would vanish without a trace. Almost like... Lori had somehow reached from the grave and snuffed them out. How do you know this? Well, it shames me to admit, but you see... I was part of Rebecca's little scheme. That day she asked me to distract you while they met Lori back here in the woods behind the school. They didn't want you interfering in things. Oh, is that going to be the big reveal in your documentary? Some tear-filled 11th hour confession? I don't know. Maybe. Ultimately, though, it doesn't resolve anything, does it? I mean, after all, we know what happened to Lori. But Rebecca Bloom and the others, well, that's still a mystery. Tell me about your ghost. You're not going to believe it. It doesn't matter. People like ghost stories. People like karma. If you're going to tell me that Lori came back and took revenge, then that's... Well, that's juicy stuff for a project like this. That's not exactly what happened. I'm not sure what came back. I'm not sure it was Lori. So, what do we need? A, a Ouija board or some shit like that? Stand here. Stand against the tree. Okay. Do you feel that? Feel what? A presence. Full of darkness and rage. <laughs> not really. They didn't feel it either. The others. Not at first. What What others? What emerges from the foot of the tree looks like a massive black serpent, 
something out of a demon's acid-fueled nightmare. It wraps itself around Paul's legs. Instinctively, I back away. Oh my god, oh my god. What in the fuck? What in the hell? This reptile isn't equipped with venomous fangs. Jesus, what is this thing? Help me! No. It's a constrictor. Angela, what are you doing? Much like the snake that squeezed the life from Lori's hamster and consumed it whole. Only this dark, insidious creature is frightfully large. Large enough to devour a man. It's impossibly wide mouth unhinging. Opening. Swallowing. With Rebecca and the others, I had not dared watch. Didn't have the stomach. I'm not sure why I chose to stay this time. I kind of wish I hadn't. And just like that, it's done. The serpent slithers back into the earth, its prey forming an oversized lump within the walls of its huge undulating mass, like something out of a child's fever dream. I'm not certain what dark spell that spot in the woods holds. Lori's special place. I am sure, though, that I never want to go back there again. The latest on Eyewitness 8 News. A cold case turns hot. In a bizarre twist, news magazine journalist Paul Lockhart has gone missing while investigating the Briarcliff abductions from 30 years ago. Authorities have not uncovered evidence of foul play at this time, but are not ruling it out. He was last seen three days ago, so investigators are urging anyone who might have information to come forward. There's a toll-free helpline at the bottom of your screen, and we'll update you on this story as it develops. Coming up, weather with meteorologist Chad Booker. And it looks like we might be in store for thunder boomers this evening. <laughs> That's right, Katie. We're what do you know? A storm on the horizon tonight. And once again, I sit and wait alone. An unspeakable dread creeping into my mind. I hope, I pray that my debt is paid, that this might have been the last terrible favor that I owe dear Laurie, the last time we must make karma. I pray that she might finally be at peace. Yet, I find myself still gripped by fear. One, Mississippi. Why, you ask? Two, Mississippi. Three, Mississippi. Four. I suspect there is very little shred of Lori left in this bloodthirsty thing that has haunted me since childhood. I can never be sure that its hunger will ever be satisfied.
You have been listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight's tale, The Ghost of Laurie Keegan, was written, directed, and produced by John Ballantyne. Additional voice direction by Blaine Hicklin and Kevin Hartnell. Featured in the cast were Erica Sanderson as Angela, Tanya Milosevic as Laurie, Owen McEwen as adult Paul, James Hicklin as young Paul, Blythe Haynes as Laurie's mother, Shelby Sessler as Rebecca, Linda Waterwick as the teacher, Julie Hoverson as the news anchor, Kevin Hartnell as the meteorologist, and M.J. Hartnell as Mitzi. Also featured were Amelia Hicklin, Teresa Ballantyne, and Luke Pruitt. Original score by Kevin Hartnell. Sound design by John Ballantyne. Additional sound courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Share the horror and visit us at CampfireRadioTheater.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theater. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.